You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, featuring your guy, Bully Rye, and PJ Steven, presented by Anchor Podcasts. That's right, everybody. It's another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, your guy, Bully Rye. Uh, sorry again, we didn't have a show last week, but we are finally getting to talk about AEW's all-out pay-per-view. And without further ado, let's bring in our co-host to the wrestling shows, PJ Steven. PJ, how you doing today, bud? Oh, I am just fantastic. I have been ready to talk about All Out for a while. It is my fault that we did not have a wrestling uh, podcast show this past week uh, with Life and the band. Uh, it has been super, super busy, but I'm ready to talk about this amazing pay-per-view. I really, really am. And, uh, of course, you and I probably have dynamite. You know, what goes on without saying what happens on Wednesday nights. We have dynamite going on in the background. And uh, so this is really getting me even more in the mood to talk about AEW All Out. So, yeah, I'm stoked, man. How are you? Oh, you know, uh, got some life changes happening. Got some uh, some people moving into the old house here in about a week and a half so uh some some good things are coming man it's uh finally got my air condition working in after about three weeks of fighting with it so nice and cool here so um not just with wrestling a lot a lot of other stuff is going down so a lot of a lot of change and uh positive things coming our way um with that being said uh there was a lot of positives but a lot of negatives to take away from aew all out and we're going to get into the opening bell. We're going to talk about three key uh, storylines going into the pay-per-view and then obviously break it down. We're going to break down the show, another long one uh, as far as the show itself goes. And in the main event, we're going to talk about the, I guess, not really a secret, but PJ, Steven, and I are actually going to talk about what everybody else in the world of wrestling is talking about, and that is the media scrum that took place after All Out. Uh, so, PJ... Um, why don't you? Since- and, and, you know, I, I got to interrupt for a second. Like full disclosure, I hate talking about like I, I'm gonna hate talking about what happened at the end of All Out because I I just get got sick of it and I hate it and I hate it. So, but I am still excited to hear your opinion on it because you and I did like I don't you know you and I didn't really touch a whole lot about it and talk a lot about it to be honest with you. Because uh, I, I stayed out of it a whole lot, and um, but you and I never really shared any kind of opinions on it. So I am looking forward to actually organically talking about that with you. No, absolutely. I've already spoken about it with a few different people, so it'll be nice to, like you said, have that organic conversation. So, um, but yeah, going into the uh, to the the opening bell here, uh, one of the biggest, I guess, talking points leading up to this pay per view was this AEW uh, trios championships, if you will. Uh, the very first ever AEW World Trios Champions will be crowned here. Uh, PJ, I don't have the tournament bracket in front of me, but I mean, I think it was a foregone conclusion when they had the Young Bucks and the Mystery Opponent to start this tournament that we were going to get an elite AEW Trios Champions. Would, would I be? Would I be? You know, speaking out of turn by saying that? No, not at all. Like everyone knew that uh, that that's what was about to happen, and if you didn't know. Um, you, I don't think you were in for much of a surprise. Um, although it was a nice surprise. Yeah. I mean, listen, you get Kenny Omega returning, uh, sort of, I guess, if you want to call it a surprisingly fashion on AEW dynamite a few weeks prior to all out, uh, to team up with the young bucks as, as you know, it's a pretty foregone conclusion that they were going to be AEW's first trios champions. 
Uh, something else to look at uh, going into this show um, was a match between the House of Black featuring uh, Malachi Black, uh, obviously, uh, and his and his running buddies Brody King and Buddy Matthews, taking on Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro in the uh, I guess the penultimate match on the card. Uh, PJ, this match was interesting because there, there's been rumors circulating heavily prior to and now definitely after this pay per view uh, that. Malachi Black, a.k.a. Alistair Black, a.k.a. Tommy End, uh, had requested his release from AEW, and he has now, uh, as of this recording, come forward and given his reason behind it. PJ, uh, what were your thoughts about the rumors circulating, and what are your thoughts now that he is he has come out and stated that he has asked for his release from AEW? Um, my first reaction, honestly, was to not believe it because uh, – <laughs> You know, it's really hard to believe all the rumor and innuendo that goes around. And, um, you know, you heard that he asked for it. Then you heard, well, I know he didn't. He actually didn't ask for it. And then when he comes out and says, oh, no, I totally asked for it. And then you hear the reason behind it, which was, you know, just him. Just It just seemed like he just wanted to take a break, man. And I get it. I don't think it has anything to do with going to another company. Or I think he just wanted a break from wrestling. I mean, guys <clears> – <throat> You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously know a, a, a decent amount about pro wrestling, or else why would you even talk? They just to, love they love know. hearing our, our beautiful voices, PJ. Come yeah, on that, that's that, that's what it is. I got I got I got to remember. This is their uh, a, what is it? They call it ASMR or whatever it's called. Oh my god, this is their this, ASMR. Here, I'll give you guys a little ASMR. I'm gonna open <laughs> no, another no, no, no. beer, and here, here we go. Here, shh, shh. Oh god, there yeah, wake up. Um, uh, I ruined it. Uh, no, so like, I just you know if you know anything about pro wrestling, like, dude, it's a fucking hard job. Like, this is their job. Their job is to go out every week and get beat up. So I totally get that he would want to take a fucking break from that. That being said, um, you know, he talked about wanting to get his mental health correct and all that. I mean, like, you know, that's that's a heavy thing, and you want that to be done. So I just think, uh, and my point is. My point is, a lot of people shit chat on uh, Tommy in for doing that. And I just think it's so silly, you know. Oh no, absolutely agreed. I mean, listen, we all have breaking points. We all have that uh, that thing that could send us over the edge at any moment. And um, I think it's commendable to acknowledge when you need the mental break away from what it is that you do. Whether because I mean, listen, whether or not it is that you love that you what you do or you don't. At some point, everyone sort of gets burnt out and needs that that breakaway. So uh, kudos to Malachi Black. We'll talk about that match uh, in the next segment. Uh, finally, the last storyline that we're going to touch leading into the pay-per-view before we take our first break was the, uh, was the main event uh, that would eventually become irrelevant after the show. CM Punk uh, returned from injury to essentially get squashed by Jon Moxley on an episode of AEW Dynamite to unify the interim and, I guess, main AEW World Championships. Uh, so John Moxley goes into this pay-per-view as the AEW World Champion. Storyline on TV has it that he had an open contract. Uh, Ace Steel, one of the producers, at least uh, one of the, the producers in, in, in the kayfabe uh, perspective, uh, takes the open contract, gets it to CM Punk, and so it's now CM Punk is challenging John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Uh, again, we're going to talk about the skirmish in the main event, PJ, but 
what were you, if anything, looking forward to this match? And, and did you see it playing out like it did again prior to everything that took place in the, in the, in the skirmish that took place after the show? Yeah, I did not see it playing out that way. That being said, I didn't really care. I'm I could have gone with I'm kind of gone with any of these guys winning. I mean, I or or losing. I you know it doesn't to to me. To me, I just what this this is this was not the match that I was ready for. Yeah. Honestly, um, I almost went to bed before the main event because I didn't care, and I'm glad I didn't because you know it sure did get interesting. But um, yeah, I didn't care. Listen, I uh, I watched the show much later than it aired. I did not get to watch it live. There was a oh, by the way, let, let me full disclosure. I bought this pay per view. I oh, never man. buy these. I steal them, and I'll say it again. I steal them. Um, I bought this because I got a raise at work, and I had a bonus, and I did well, not a bonus, but I got a raise and. Got some overtime. That's what it was. So I was like, I can spend fucking 40 bucks on the blabber or not blabbermouth. What is it? A bleacher report, whatever. So I bought this. I bought it with my money. Yeah. And what I a, bought this. What a disappointment. That a mere three days later, two of these matches was would essentially be, be uh, you know, become irrelevant. But, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, PJ, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to break down what was. AEW All Out. They're all in all between the pre-show and the main event, 15 matches that took place uh, here uh, at All Out. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, one Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, we are back with Break It Down. PJ Steven, Bully Rye here, going to go through All Out. I should mention All Out took place September 4th, 2022 at Hoffman States, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago at the Now Arena. PJ, there were four pre-show matches on here. I did not watch them. Um, we've actually just talked about this off the air. The only thing I want to mention about the pre-show is the uh, is in the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championship match. Um Sammy Guevara, Ty Mello, the Jericho Appreciation Society took on Ortiz and Ruby Riot. They were victorious. There was a spot in the match that is the only thing that I saw from the match. Sammy Guevara very carelessly dropped Ruby Riot on her friggin' neck. And it was just, it was ugly. I, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, PJ, do you have any thoughts on, on this spot where Sammy just dropped Ruby? I definitely made me put my hand over my mouth, which is crazy because I was cooking dinner at the time. So I was like, ah, whatever, pre-show. Yeah. Uh, I and um, but I happened to like walk through the living room like at that moment, and I was like, oh, and the the crowd. I mean, the crowd caught it too. Yeah, super rough. Definitely not pretty. And um, I'm sure there was some apologizing in the back. Uh, there better have been because he could have ended her career right then and there. Um, we also had an FTW Championship match hook. Uh, taken on Angelo Parker. Um, obviously, Hook retains. 
the All-Atlantic AEW Championship, the newest championship uh, prior to the show that was established. Pac uh, defeated Kip Sabian uh, in the pre-show. I, I, that, I was a real, that was a really good match, actually. I really enjoyed that. The fact that the All-Atlantic Championship was on the pre-show instead of some of these other matches that were on the card is a little astounding to me. Um, this next one you wanted to touch on because it's Eddie Kingston. Uh, I guess God's punishment to wrestling fans taking on Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, PJ, I, again, you saw the match. You you love your boy Ishii. Uh, how'd you feel about this match, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii? Uh, a little sloppy at times. Uh, I did give it two stars, um, but a little sloppy. But man, hard hitting, man. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm just a fanboy for uh, Ishii. But man, good stuff. And even like you know, Kingston really just. Um, really just being able to uh, to keep up with Ishii is just fantastic, uh, which was which was weird um, because Eddie didn't seem blown up. He didn't seem um, out of place. He seemed like he really belonged in that match. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And they really made it seem like a big match feel. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and it was the, I mean, it was 13 minutes, 25 seconds on the pre-show. So uh, gave it gave it a lot of time here. So kudos to the two of these guys going. Um, let's get into the main card, shall we? The, sh the show opened up with the casino ladder match where the winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. It's got, the, I believe it's the big poker chip, uh, whatever the case is. I mean, they go through the poker chip, the brass ring. I don't know how many times they got to do it here. Uh, but nevertheless, we're in a casino battle royal, even though we are in Chicago. The uh, participants... Uh, we've got Wheeler Yuta, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, Penta El Cerro Miedo, Dante Martin, and Claudio Castanoli, and then finally a Joker that would enter in uh, at the end of the match uh, as all of these casino-themed matches with AEW does. PG, I gave this match two and a half stars. Um, I'm going to let you start us off here. How would you feel about the match? Is there any notes that, that, that you want to kind of touch on? Um, about this, this what is it? Seven man ladder match. Uh, super underwhelming. Uh, what they were, I knew, I, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to, I mean, it would, you know, they they tried to throw uh, a wheel into the wrench on purpose. You know, with the with the Joker yep. uh, going over. Uh, what happens is, you know, for those, you know, uh, we get a bunch of masked figures coming out uh, and interrupting the match, beating up everybody, um, and then we get someone taking down the chip and then the joker comes out it's a masked man on like a black black skull mask i believe it what it was it reminded me of like um oh god what's his name black mask i think from the uh from batman yeah and he handed him the chip and the joker wins that's it before that you had some decent action i mean nothing to to go home about um i will say my boy Dante Martin really had a showing in this match oh, the short yeah. time he was in there. Uh, he's going to be a future champ. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't that great. And, I, I again, I get what they were trying to do, but it just went over as, oh, that was underwhelming. Not a good way to start your show, I'll say. Yeah, I hate the concept of a ladder match where people enter like you're in a battle royal. because And they kept making, making comments on it on the commentary. What's to stop somebody from climbing the ladder before everybody else comes out? Um, so I, I hate that concept. There was a powerbomb where Andrade hit Yuta with a powerbomb, and Yuta's neck hit the top rope, and everything just really looked really ugly. Claudio tried a ladder spot with Andrade that was clunky based on the positions of the ladders. Took way too long for the payoff. You got Pizza coming in, hit all of his spots when he came in, 
uh, including a destroyer on a ladder uh, before Ray Phoenix hits a frog splash to the table on the outside. That was fun. And as you mentioned, Stokely Hathaway goes up the ladder um, with, with all the masked figures taking out everybody else, pulls down the poker chip, waits for the Joker to arrive, gives the Joker the win. Um, honestly, and, and this is what I wrote in my notes, I thought it could be Adam Cole uh, from what it looked like when he when he kind of you know waved his finger and wagged his fingers. Like, I, 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 said, I, said, I said the same thing, actually. Yep. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out who it is later in the show. But you've already seen it and, and, and you've already heard about what goes on the show. But we'll, we'll reveal this later. Um, but that was it. That was the, the casino ladder match, which leads us into probably, if I'm not mistaken, it might have gotten my highest rating on the card. Yep. Second tied for the highest rating on the mat on the, on the card here. The AEW Trios Championships were the elite featuring Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Taking on Hangman Adam Page and Dark Order, featuring Alex Reynolds and John Silver. This match got plenty of time, and I do love me some John Silver. 19 minutes, 15 seconds. Uh, I wrote two notes. This is exactly what you think it would be with the talent in the ring. Fast-paced, high-flying, acrobatic, hard-hitting, and entertaining pro wrestling. Um, you know, I will say I loved, and I, I just said I loved Johnny Hungy. I loved him getting the best of Omega for a few minutes, but I hate it was... Uh, it was Hangman's mistake that would that would go on to end the match. Four stars is what I gave this trios championships. We would crown the first ever world trios championship at AEW. PJ, how'd you feel about the six man tag with the elite against the Dark Order? Not much more to add. I think I gave it four stars as well. Um, great to see great uh, uh, callbacks there in psychology towards the end of the match. And yes, the mistake by uh, Adam Page. <laughs> I must said Adam Cole again. Uh, Adam Page costing them the match. Um, yeah, loved it, and I love the trios championships. They look fantastic. Yeah, the trios championships are, are really pretty looking belts. Um, uh, we'll get into it again in the main event. But if you've been living under a rock, this match, these match results would not hold up. The elite would have these these championships stripped of them a mere three days after the show, and we will explain why in the main event. And PJ, I believe that is what they call in the business a tease. Uh, but, ne- but nevertheless, we'll go right into the next match here. I believe it was the second shortest match on the card, four minutes and 20 seconds. The TBS championship was defended here. Jade Cargill taking on Athena. I've already forgotten her WWE name, but uh, nevertheless, four minutes, 20 seconds. Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Thank you. I knew I knew somebody, and if somebody who's listening is probably like, what are you talking about, Bully Riots? Ember Moon, you moron. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, the only the only note that I'll give I love Jade Cargill in the uh, in the She Hulk getup, uh, taking advantage of of uh, what do you call uh, events in in real life, um, but uh, current events that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you know, words are hard. PJ, how'd you feel about this match? AEW TBS <laughs> Championship, Jade Cargill taking on Athena. Very underwhelming, um, but good action. Loved uh, Jade coming out of She-Hulk. Totally matches. Um, Athena looked great here. Um, and they had great chemistry. I don't know. I just don't think they got enough time to really make an impact, honestly. And I don't say that a lot. Um, usually I, matches are pretty good about getting time. I don't think this got enough time. I think it could have gotten I think it could have gotten uh, a lot better. I think it got three minutes and 20 seconds too much. I uh, This, again, I'm not sold on Jade Cargo. She's got the look. Uh, but I mean, I mean, listen, Athena hits her finish. 
and it looked ugly. Like it did not, it did not look like a, like a clean finish early. Um, you've got Jade is out here with Kiera Hogan and, and Layla Gray. They both missed trying to rescue Jade. And so Jade had to kick out of Athena's finisher. Um, I think Jade might be doing a really good job of selling, but I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think. I, I, I really like Jade. I, I really like Jade because she's what China should have been. I mean, I, I, think she, I, can... I think she's, I think she's a really good worker. I think she can cut a hell of a promo. And, um, I think that she's an under, under, or, um, Underappreciated. Yeah, I'll say that underappreciated leader in the women's locker room. Uh, and I think Athena's right there with her, just hasn't been able to get that step. I'm telling you, if this match would have gone maybe eight to ten minutes, it, it, it would it would have improved. I don't know. I thought it was sloppy. Jade finally looked like – she looked like Jade finally just got tired of the match and hit her finish. Um, the story being told here was a great story that Athena could really push Jade. Uh, but, again, I thought the match was bad. I gave it a star and a half. What did you give this match from a rating standpoint? I, I I gave it two stars. Yeah, I didn't think it yeah. was great, but like I said, if they would have, in my opinion, still, if they would have gotten more time, uh, it would have been something. Another pre- uh, pretty lengthy match would follow this four minute twenty seven uh, twenty second. Uh, I'd call it a, a crap show, but you know, you you enjoyed it. Um, but nevertheless, another pretty lengthy matchup here. Another six man tag team match. But if I'm being honest, this was the match that I was looking forward to the most, leading up into the show. Wardlow. And FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood taking on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. That's right. TNA Originals, Jay Lethal, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, um, accompanied to the ring by Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. Uh, man, um, I love all everybody in this match except for Satnam Singh. Uh, this dude uh, basically looks like a better-dressed great colleague. Um, I'll, I'll go through my notes here. I gave this match three and a half stars. Lethal made Warlow look uh, like the best wrestler in the world, uh, even before the Powerbomb Symphony finish. Uh, some really good technical stuff in this match to rival the high-flying trios championship match that we just saw uh, two matches prior. Um, you know, what was really cool, um, and I, I kind of don't want to give it away yet, just quite yet. Uh, PJ, before I give away what happens after the match in the Gaga, How'd you feel about this match between Wardlow, FDR, and Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns? I loved it. It was it was like AEW versus uh, like um, TNA uh, back in the day. Uh, yeah, TNA. I mean, with Jay yeah. Lethal, yeah, you know, I know how much you love the Motor City Machine Guns. You yeah. know, I'm a huge fan of Chris Saban and Alex Shelley's great too. Uh, but Chris Saban, man, big fan of his. Uh, yeah, there was some Gaga at the end. I think. Uh, are you not sold on Wardlow either? Listen. Um, the Wednesday, like the Wednesday after the show, they let him get on the mic, and it, it's not like they're trying to repackage him, but I think he lost some of his luster that he had when he was sort of feuding with MJF, right? And so right. given the fact that I don't want to say he was going stale, but the Wednesday after this pay-per-view, they sort of let him reignite that fire and, and reignite the I'm running through everybody. This is my show. This is Ward. I forgot what he called Wardlow's world. Um, so it's not that I'm not sold on him, but if people are going to hate on guys, and, and I don't, I know you're not going to like this comparison. If people are going to hate on guys like John Cena for having the five moves of doom, or Brock Lesnar for hitting nothing but suplexes in an F5, 
then I can't see how you can turn around and defend Wardlow when, I mean, he's got a clothesline and then he's got his powerbomb symphony, which, again, is impressive if not for the guys. Again, if you know what they're doing, the guys are lifting themselves up for the powerbomb. I'm impressed when he gets a big man like Keith Lee up for a powerbomb, but but not not the you know Jay Lethal, not not the other cruiserweights that are in this match. Uh, so to your point, not really sold on Wardlow from a talent perspective. I think he's great in the ring. I, th- I mean, I, th- I, I he's got potential, and I think he's got to find that potential, um, and he can be a real a real star. Um, before we move on again, some some uh, Gaga at the end of the match. We get a returning Samoa Joe. I forgot that he was even gone, if we're being honest. Um, I've never been that big of a Samoa Joe fan, but it was still nice to see the pop that he gets. And then uh, they beat up Sanjay Dutt for a few minutes, and then they let Dax Hardwood's daughter uh, get on top of him for a pin. Uh, The storyline, not storyline, the real life um, that Dax Hardwood's daughter, uh, eight years old, fought, was it leukemia or some, some other form of childhood cancer? I thought it was like a bone cancer. I could be wrong yeah. with that. I so could either be wrong way, about yeah. That. Either way, it was it was some sort some form of childhood cancer that she had to deal with, and um and so that it's the phrase "fight like an eight year old." And so they we got to see her come out with them, and they send her to the back, and then they bring her out because they're basically trying to trying to you know crap on Dax's you know love for his daughter, and and they let her get the pin on Sanjay Dutt. So that was fun. I gave this match three and a half stars. PJ, would you sort of agree, disagree, give it a little higher, lower? I, I did give it three and a half stars. I will disagree with you on Wardlow because, um, you know, when I think of when, – when, when you think of Brock Lesnar, when you just said that he does suplexes on the F5, um, Walter does chops and a powerbomb. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a fair point. So, and I think Wardlow, not only does he have storyline going for him, um, but he ha- I think I think he has – I don't think he has it. You know, we talk about, you know, he has it. You know, uh, God damn it, he's got it. You know, I don't think he's got that per se. I guess we don't really hear that too much anymore. You know, he gone. But I think Wardlow um, does have a piece of it, and um, I think he, I think he will. I think he'll, I think he'll press you with uh, by the end of the year, man. I, I don't know why, but big Wardlow fan. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it because I mean, he's, he's got the rocket ship on his back, and he's just got to make sure that he doesn't trip up on them roller skates that they, they got attached to his feet. So let's, uh. Let's let's hope the best for Wardlow um, as the TNT champion. Um, you know he can he can sort of elevate that championship as as we've seen some stuff happen with the world title in the last uh, couple of months. So we'll we'll, we'll sort of stay tuned for that. Uh, next up on the card is uh, one of my lowest rated matches on the card. A five minutes five seconds. I should mention that FTR match went sixteen minutes thirty seconds. Uh, break up the the card here with a five minute match. Powerhouse Hobbs. Taken on Ricky Starks. I wrote one match. Um, I, I one match. I wrote one note that it was a good match, but I hate the spinebuster for a finish. But I guess it makes sense for Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, five minutes, five seconds. Powerhouse Hobbs essentially squashes his former running mate in Team Taz, Ricky Starks. PJ, how'd you feel about this ninth match from AEW's All Out? I hated it. Yeah, they built this up so much for this five minute match. I hated it, and these guys are so good. They could have done. They could. They could have helped tear the house down. I really thought this was going to be a dark horse match, and I I hated it. Hated it. I agree completely. All right. Next up on the card, the AEW Tag Team Championships are on the line. Swerve and Our Glory are the champions. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland 
taking on the acclaimed. Uh, man, this match. There was a match that stole the show. I would say it was this one. This was, if I'm not mistaken, the second longest match of the night. Um, PJ, I'm going to let you start us off here. How'd you feel about this match? Because this was tied for the co-number one spot. Um, four stars when I gave this match. How'd you feel about this tag team title match here at All Out? Yeah, I definitely gave it four and a half, man. Uh, it was crazy to see how the crowd really turned. Yeah. On Swerving Our Glory, man. They're really behind the acclaimed. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to talk about this match because of what we've just seen. Yeah. Oh my god. Life is funny. Yeah. Uh no, this match is fantastic. And um yeah, it's fun stuff. I give it four and a half stars. Yeah, the crowd is super hot for the acclaimed, as you said. Uh, you've got Max Caster calling Keith Lee Lizzo. Uh, I thought it was an absolutely hysterical dig. Um, listen, these these guys, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, they can go. And they were given 22 minutes on a major pay-per-view to show it. Homegrown talent here in AEW, which is nice to see. Um, some A nice false finish. Strickland made the uh, hidden tag after a superplex. A weird superplex on, Lee, on, on Keith Lee. Um, there was a really nice mic drop, elbow drop to the outside. Um, then you get Max Caster getting Keith Lee off his feet, man. Just an incredible match. Um, I think the wrong guys won here at the pay-per-view. Um, but uh, I, I think it would eventually be rectified here um, as uh, as the acclaimed go down to swerve in our glory. But a really fun chance to let, let these guys showcase their talent and uh, – Listen, I don't want to give a spoiler, but this will be, I guess, a few days after the AEW Dynamite on 921 is aired. Um, but they righted the wrong. And as of last Wednesday, your new AEW Tag Team Champions are the acclaimed. So, um, Hey, that's why I was laughing during it, because yeah, it literally yeah. just happened. Like, and good stuff. They rectified the wrong by giving them the titles two weeks later. Um, or I guess we're looking at about three weeks later here. Um, but, man, everybody is hot for the acclaimed right now. Scissor me, as they would say. Um, but really, really fun stuff here. Um, listen, there's not a lot much to talk about the rest of the show here. Um, the next match is a fatal four-way match for the interim AEW Women's World Championship as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, takes on Jamie Hayter. Hira uh, God, I can't say it. Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. Um, I'll go start us start us off here with my notes. I only gave this match two and a half stars. Fourteen minutes twenty seconds of what this match got. Um, there was a she. There was a point in the match where Shida missed the kip up, um, where I just I don't I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, had a fun spot where she uh, head butted um, where where Tony Storm head head butted. Uh, the, the chick, I guess it was, um, uh, rebel, uh, in the boob, uh, to get her to go away. Um, not really much to say about this match. Good, not great drama and some good storytelling here. Uh, Tony storm gets her first run as AEW women's world champion, even though it's the interim, uh, status again, two and a half stars. Is what I gave this match PJ, how'd you feel about this interim world championship women's match here at all out? 
Uh, great match. I think the uh, right woman went over. Uh, we kind of glazed over, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa had to vacate the champion after, I think she said, I think it was shoulder surgery is what she needs. I can't remember, to be honest. And I know I should probably know that. Well, but um, th there was, there was, I guess, some, some rumors and innuendo behind the scenes that she didn't get along with a lot of the women on the roster. Um, and she wasn't really hurt. But, but yeah, the, the storyline was that she, she was medically not cleared and had to vacate the title uh, to, to open up for this match. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't understand. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand. Um, I, I, I don't understand just because she wasn't getting along with people in the background that she would vacate the title. I think that's a really stupid thing to even, like, suggest. I, I just think she was injured. And even oh. and if it and if it was the fact that and listen, I know that she's had. I mean, she's had the Lucha Underground lawsuit that happened in 2016. So I mean, I get that. Like, it's been, you know, she's probably not, um, maybe not the easiest to get along with. Maybe I don't know the. Um, I really don't know the uh, circumstances of that lawsuit. I, I forget. But anyway. Um, no, I, I mean, I think she had a legitimate back. I think it was back. I, I don't know. But I think she had a legitimate back injury. I don't think her not getting along with people in the background would really do anything, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm skeptic. Well, you talked about stuff that didn't make sense to you. And uh, next up on the card, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, rumors are, uh, first of all, the match would feature Christian Cage taking on Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um the, uh, the, the storyline that's been going on for a while is that, uh, obviously, Christian Cage turned on Jungle Boy. Um, for a while there, Jungle Boy took, took some time off, and Christian Cage ran with Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy comes back, and Luchasaurus leaves uh, the side of Christian Cage. Um, we get some really personal promos where Christian Cage goes after Jungle Boy's family. Um, Jungle Boy goes after Christian Cage for being broke, etc., etc., uh, so we set up for this, what's supposed to be a grudge match here, um, at, at all out. Uh, finally, the, the chance for Jungle Boy to get his hands on Christian Cage. Unfortunately, rumors came out that, that Christian Cage, I believe, has an injured tricep or an injured pec. One way or the other, uh, Christian Cage could not medically wrestle in this match, so they run an angle. Luchasaurus turns his back once again on Jungle Boy, attacks him prior to the match, Christian would then hit his, uh, I forgot what they call it now. It's It was called the Unprettier when he first did it. Uh, he hits a spear on Jungle Boy. For uh, a, I think it was called, I think it's called the Kill Switch or some kill shit. Kill Switch, yeah. So you get uh, you get Christian Cage going over Jungle Boy in 20 seconds and to, to set up, a, I guess, a small rivalry here with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, PJ, first of all, I hate the fact that they broke up uh, Lucha Lucha Express. I love this this team. Um, Jungle, Exp Jungle Express. What I what I say, Lucha Express. Oh God, dang it! It's Lucha Source always gets me. Yeah, I love I love Jungle Express, right? Like I love these guys together. Uh, but I guess if Christian Cage can't go for a few months, this sort of makes sense from that perspective. But uh, I mean, there's not much of a match to talk about here. PJ, what do you feel about about what we saw between Christian Lucha Source and Jungle Boy here all out? I hated it. Yeah. I think I think it was so silly. It was very WCW like. We turn Luchasaurus heel, then he goes back with Jungle Boy, and then he goes back to Christian. It was, it was. And by the way, Christian's a terrible fucking heel. I don't believe him for a second when he's 
I believe him as a heel, like in the uh, the uh, Un-Americans, where he's just some little punk. Yeah. But then when he's actually trying to be tough, it's really unbelievable. I don't, I'm not into it. Uh, I hated this. I hated the entire thing. I hated this whole angle. I think it's silly. It's almost like with MJF gone, they were like, all right, who can who can tell really personal promos and uh, and be a really it's a good like heat. just a big heel. Yeah. Hey, how about how about Christian? Yeah, that that'll that's def that'll definitely work. The short haired guy, yeah, that'll work. That'll that'll no. put butts in the seats, as Tony yeah, Schiavone was famous to say. Yeah, no, no I mean this uh, to me, I think that's really silly. Um, yeah. Listen, you get I a giant, it. you get a giant flip flopping back and forth between babyface and heel. Paul White is employed by AEW, so it would I would not be surprising to me if if he's like, well. Christian can't go. Just make Luchasaurus a bad guy again. Come bring him out with his black mask. Yeah, I mean, that that happened. That happened to Paul White numerous times. It's sad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there was one person in pro wrestling history that you can never tell if he was a good guy or a bad guy, it was Big Show. Like that dude could not stay right, and uh, he just you know the ultimate yes man. He'll do whatever they needed him to do. And, and uh, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of Christian being injured, how do we know he was really injured? What if he was just like not getting along with with people in the in the locker room? I mean, I guess the same could go for uh I don't know, for Cody Rhodes going away in WWE. Um I, I listen. But I, you see but you see how but you see my point. point you yeah. see how, how like how stupid it sounds when you say it out loud yeah, like Of course. And I know you didn't say it. I'm saying um, I know it's a rumor thing, but I mean like like saying it out loud is just really silly. Listen, the internet wrestling community is how you say fickle. Uh, and speaking of fickle, the uh, the man that coined the phrase, in my opinion, is up in this next matchup. The longest match. Your up- segues in this episode have been tremendous, by the way. Haven't they? Man, I've been I've been on it, doggone it. I don't play no games. I quit school because of recess. We get Lionheart. Chris well, you Jericho. you just ruined it. You ruined it. I take back everything that I just said. Let's continue on with the yeah. with the pay per view, please. Yeah. Lionheart Chris Jericho versus the American Dragon, my man Brian Danielson. Yep. Ooh. the the uh, the longest match on the card. This match went twenty three minutes forty seconds. Um, I set my phone down to watch this match until about halfway through. Two of the best to ever do it. Uh, and and. Deserve just that, just your undivided attention. So right back and forth. Good technical wrestling, great submission work, and both have just beaten and bruised chests from all the work they're taking. I gave this match three and a half stars because I just hate the finish. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about this match? Jericho, Danielson, all out. I do agree with the finish. Um, That being said, I did love the match. But yeah, the finish to me was just a little underwhelming. I think it, we could have had a little bit more going on there. Uh, there was no Gaga, which was fun. Um, yeah, long, yeah, longest match on the card, 23 minutes. I didn't notice that until you just said it. You're absolutely right. Uh, great match, though. I think I gave it three and a half to four stars, too. So, PJ, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the Judas effect as a finish for Chris Jericho? Um, I don't hate it because it's a fucking elbow to the jaw. Like, I mean, that sucks. So um, then let me ask you a question, and I know you're going to love this question. What's the difference between the Judas effect and that spinning backhand that John Cena used in the later part of his career? Be, because because uh, John Cena, uh, when, when, he, when he hits it, 
he hits it so incorrectly and so poorly, it's like getting hit by a mosquito. When Chris Jericho, a pro wrestler, hits it, uh, it's different. I've got nothing to say to you. They're the exact same move. I don't. Get What's it. the difference between the five knuckle shuffle and the people's elbow? Absolutely nothing. They're both shit. We've had the, we've had this conversation on our show before about finishers and how the people's elbow is one of the the worst five finishers of all time. It is. Yep. So anyway, uh, yeah, the the Judas effect is no different than that that Chinese uh, spinning back fist that Cena tried to use to make it's it. very much it's very much different because it's someone who. So my point is, if um, Chris Jericho would have done a Death Valley Driver. Um, it'd be more impactful than um, John Cena doing the AA because it's, John, again, John it's... C- Cena's the AA isn't, isn't a DVD. It's a fireman's carry slam. That's, I, that's why, actually, that's what that's what I meant. That's what I meant. But, yeah. the, but the same can go for it. Well, nevertheless, let's move right along here, shall we? We, we this, this match, or I should say this card, as, as every AEW pay-per-view goes, because they only run like four pay-per-views a year, and they have to pack everything in there despite having really good weekly free shows um, as in what will be this past Wednesday's dynamite uh, from the show where they, they uh, once again crowned a new AEW champion, but we'll get into that here in a minute. The next matchup on the card is the penultimate match of the card. And it may very well be Malachi Black's last match in AEW Darby Allen sting and Miro unique trio taking on the house of black Malachi Brody King and buddy Matthews, Coming to the ring with Julia Hart. This is the third six-man tag team match on this card. Um, listen, I'm going to say this because it's it's it may shock you. Um, again, 12 minutes, 10 seconds. I'm going to give credit when it's due. And Darby Allen let these guys toss him around like a brawling buddy. Like the old pillow pals that you could wrestle with. Um, not a lot of sloppy stuff here, but it's really not perfect action here. Actually, a decent finish. Um, I really enjoyed how, um, and I'm, I'm just going to give away the finish before I let you kind of give your thoughts on it. They let Sting hit the, the poison mist on Malachi Black. Uh, Allen gets the uh, the unique uh, roll-up pin after uh, Sting hits the mist. So you get the, uh, the team of Sting, Miro, and Darby going over on the House of Black and what could very well be Malachi Black's. Last match in AEW, PJ, how would you feel about this last six-man tag team match on the card? I truly believe it should probably should have gone earlier in the card, but then again, you got to split up Jericho Danielson and the main event, so I guess this makes sense. How would you feel about this match? Oh, I loved this match. I loved uh, Malachi Black's face paint, and I will be copying it uh, the next Guardians Warlock show. It's That was so cool. I don't know, and it was so simple. Um Love this match. When you mentioned Darby Allen, yeah, he, I mean, I'm telling you, um, you know, I see a lot of like, you know, mankind in him just getting tossed around, just putting, you know, ca- excuse me, caution to the wind. Um, love staying in the mist, um, uh, the mist spot. Definitely reminds me of some great Muda shit. Yeah. Uh, his wonderful rivalry with the great Muda. Uh, I love this match. I think they gave, I think I gave this match four stars. And if it is Malachi's black, Malachi Black's, last match for a little while. I think it was a good one. Yeah, I gave this match three stars. Um, listen, three stars is about an average match for me, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it with these guys. Uh, a lot of talent in the ring, um, and then you got Darby Allen. I'm kidding. I already I already gave credit where it's due. Looked really good in this match, and, and again, he, he takes a beating, um, which is, I guess, what a smaller guy should do when he's 
fighting a bunch of heavyweights. Um, and I, you know, Dar- Darby Darby Allen's Judas effect would be would, would be better than John Cena's. Uh, it know, would create. You know who's got a better Judas effect than anybody, and that is the AEW World Champion in this. Uh, oh. In the show, going into the show, you're, I'm kidding. You're trying, you're trying too hard, I but I accept too it. hard. Yeah, Moxley, Moxley, uh, arguably one of the worst wrestlers on the roster. Uh, great promos, I guess. The crowd loves him, but the AEW World Championship has been unified, and the champion who won it in basically a squash over the challenger just a mere few weeks prior to this card, CM Punk, is challenging the champion John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. In the main event of All Out 2022, this match went 19 minutes, 55 seconds. That's good for uh, third longest match on the card. Uh, Five seconds longer than the Trios Championship match. PJ, how'd you feel about this match? Um, You know, it started off, you looked like you were going to get another squash, but the opposite, uh, as you've got Moxley kicking out of the GTS early in the match. Um, You know, I'm just going to say the one note that I wrote. Maybe PJ will have more to say. But I was bored just because of who was in the match. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about this match between CM Punk and Moxley for the title? Yeah, I, I was a little bored. Um, it did, they did make it feel like a big match feel, but it was also like, dude, we've, I mean, you had a chance to do this, you know, and then we're just, it just felt like a rehash and it was yeah. weird. We've seen it before. Um, we've seen it before, yeah. not just in AEW, we've seen it before. When CM Punk was in WWE, we've seen this same old song and dance before. Like AEW is it was 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 created to give us difference and to give us uh, variety. And yeah. I felt like this match. I mean, the story being told was that CM Punk could overcome adversity and win the title back in his hometown after he had to step away after the kayfabe re-injured his foot. Um, I mean, the match was good. I gave it three stars, but like. Like you said, it's the same old song and dance. If you want some sort of yeah, and you know it, it, everything you just described is totally correct, and I don't give a fuck about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I don't care that he's from Chicago. I don't care that like he's so fucking edgy. And we're gonna oh god, we still gotta talk about the bullshit. Yeah, we do. He, you know, okay. And these guys put on a really good show, by the way. I know I'm shitting on it, but they put on a really good show. Um, great match. Um, but I just lack of chemistry, I think, was really uh, a big thing in this match. Well, and it's weird. You talk about Moxley not being a great wrestler and being one of the worst. He had a lot of great technical uh, uh, aspects in this match. He switches. Uh, he has a half crab. He hits a leg lock followed by a half crab. Moxley switches that into a STF and then a figure four. I mean, he's moving pretty well. I mean, I think I think Moxley is not the greatest by any fucking means, um, but I think he's come a long way from being just some brawler that just pushed you out of the ring and put on a smirk. Um, I think well, he can really work. Well, you mentioned the chemistry, which is which is interesting because. CM Punk helped to escort the Shield onto the main roster from NXT. Right. That, in- that included uh, John Moxley, otherwise known as Dean Ambrose in WWE. So it's interesting that they've sort of, I wouldn't say been running together, but they've 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 known each other for quite some time at this point. And and the fact that they don't have as as much chemistry as you'd like them to have for this championship match is a little uh, I- I'd say astounding. But I think all of it's set up to uh, 
at the end of the at the end of this match, as as CM Punk is is celebrating having rewon the AEW World Championship from John Moxley, uh, we finally get the reveal of the Joker from the Casino Ladder Match, and it is none other than Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, his back from his hiatus, and I've been saying it for months. This is the best work in professional wrestling in the last 20 years. Would you agree, PJ? Oh, I'm, yes, absolutely. I would definitely agree. Um, not, not, only, not only is it not a great work, uh, but they're really selling it, and they're really, <laughs> they're really uh, pushing for it too, which is always fun. Something yeah. where you can not only uh, – anyone can have a good work, but if you actually believe in it, um, oh, it's great. then that's that's what makes it, and that's what gives it the chemistry to move on. Well, what is not a work is is what we've got coming on the main event. Before we take our final break, PJ, final thoughts on All Out 2022. Give it a star rating. What would you give this match, as, this card as a whole? Out of five, I'd give it a – I almost would say two and a half. I think that's too – I think it's too harsh. I'll say a three. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a three. And it, a half. it was it was a little it was a little underwhelming to me. I'm gonna give it a three and a half because there were a couple of really good matches on this card between the trios championship match, the tag team championship match, uh, and then you got Jericho Danielson outside of the finish. There were three really good matches on this card, um, which is why I'd give this this match this this card three and a half stars. Um, but I mentioned we talked we've we've talked about kayfabe. We've talked about works. Uh, what would take place after this this pay-per-view event would not be a work. That's right. When we come back after the break, PJ, Steven, and I are going to have an organic conversation about the what they're what they're uh, calling the media scrum that took place after All Out 2022. Stay tuned for the main event right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show and welcome to the main event of. Tap out some touchdowns this week uh, on this week's wrestling show. Uh, PJ, Steven, Bully Rye here to talk about the all-out media scrum that took place after the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we are talking about, um, AEW has, uh, I guess, has, has sort of their, their own little history of doing uh, press conferences after certain events. And uh, this press conference featured the owner, CEO, uh, president of AEW, alongside the new AEW world champion, uh, CM Punk. And CM Punk would go on uh, to say some pretty, uh, pretty ugly things about his coworkers, let's say. Um, afterwards, uh, the, 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 the folks that he was running his mouth about uh, would be that of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, they would go to confront CM Punk, and, and the story goes, uh, CM Punk would apparently throw the first punch, and a brawl would ensue. You would see suspensions, including both uh, Ace Steel and CM Punk, uh, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. We also saw a suspension, I believe, of Christopher Daniels, who was there, uh, I believe, was trying to break it up. Um, as a result of this, this shoot, this real fight backstage, um, CM Punk would be stripped of the AEW World Championship that he had just won for the second time. And the trios championships, the very first AEW trios champions were stripped of that championship. Uh, both titles would, would get decided here 
Uh, first, the trios championship was was decided the Wednesday night after the show, um, and and there was there was a match held on Dynamite, and uh, this past Wednesday, a new AEW World Champion uh, was crowned. Uh, we have not seen the main event yet, so it would either be John Moxley or Brian Danielson uh, in the winner in, in the, the finals of this AEW World Championship tournament. So, PJ, I know you said you hate talking about this. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this question to kind of start us off here with this conversation. Uh, do you think let's, – let's start off here. The press conference itself, do you think CM Punk was out of line uh, going into business and, and saying the things that he said. I mean, he also he also made comments about how he was he was it was claimed that he was the reason that Colt Cabana was sent back to Ring of Honor. That's that's a long story. I'll let you do your own research on that story. Once friends um, and 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 are no longer. Uh, but was CM Punk out of line by what he said in this press conference after he just won the AEW World Championship back? Uh, I don't think out of line. I think out of line is a little bit too dramatic. What I'll say is uh, unnecessary is what I'll say. Like, you know, you're there to do business and to to make – okay, so you're there to do business and you're there to do a job. Um, you know, what the fuck did he think was going to happen? That's This is why I'm not a CM Punk fan because he thrives on this – and I hate this word, but he thrives on this drama and he thrives on this – like I'm edgy because I could say what I want, yeah. and you know I, I you know I think that pipe bomb bullshit got right to his head, and it's just so. And when it, when this first came out, you know, I mean, I bet my life that it was a work. I said it all the time. Oh, this is a fucking work, guys. You're getting worked up over a fucking work, and now I'm leaning towards obviously it's probably not. Um, that being said, you never know. But um. Yeah, I, I I hate talking about this because one, I don't care, and two, um, I just find it so annoying. I feel like we're talking about the high school football team, and it's just such childish shit. And I, so to answer your question, I don't think he was out of line um, because you could say what you want, you know, you know, say whatever fuck you want. You know, freedom of speech, not freedom of consequences. So, what the fuck did he think was going to happen? You think the elite were just going to, or you know, Kenny Omega and Bucks were just going to? Well, that's his opinion, I guess. No, they're going to come in there and say, "What the fuck are you talking about, ass clown?" And uh, you know, Adam, I, I, what's the guy's name? His the his his little buddy uh, bit Kenny Steel. Omega on the steel. Yeah. Uh, bit <laughs> Kenny Omega on the arm. I mean, it just sounded like, like I feel like I'm in high school and I came. There was a party at a kid's house where his parents were out of town, and I come to school, and this is the kind of shit that I would hear about. So Timmy, Timmy said this about John and the football team. Then John and the football team went over there and said something to him, and then he Timmy hit him in the face, and then there was a dog involved, and then Tom bit – yeah, I don't give a shit. You make a really good point that it seems very sort of like childhood locker room stuff. Um, you know, it, it's I'm curious to know – not really curious to know, but it's it's it should be mentioned that he also said something about Adam Page, who was already gone from the arena when he made the comments. Um, but you know, I'm gonna read some of the quotes from the the scrum. Um, and, and speaking about Adam Page, uh, quote. And so so again, take it for what it's worth. Quote: What did I ever do in this world to to deserve an empty-headed, 
fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself. For what? What did I ever do? I didn't do a goddamn thing. He would continue when he starts to talk about the elite. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy talking about uh, Colt Cabana more than anybody. I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Uh, when, when somebody talking about Adam Page, who hasn't done a damn thing in this business, jeopardizes the first million-dollar house that this company has ever drawn off my back and goes on national t television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now we're far beyond apologies. I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level, but that's where we're at right now. Um, so, again, if you, weren't, if, you, if you don't remember what he's talking about, he would call out after winning the AEW championship, he would call out Adam Page knowing that Adam Page uh, was not ready to come out um, to sort of, I guess, make him look weak on TV. Uh, but listen, you, you made a point yourself, PJ. CM Punk had his pipe bomb moment in WWE and it got to his head. Um, I think this was his way of doing a, a shoot on the whole situation. I don't understand the timing behind it because, again, he had just won the AEW World Championship after recovering from a foot injury that he suffered the first time he won it. Um, you know, I just – I don't get it. And the <laughs> I just love your I just I just love your uh, forgive me your just defeat and I don't get it like, yeah, like, like listen, I don't get it either I think it's got, silly you've got the AEW like so Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks obviously were instrumental in creating AEW right so now Correct. you've got them as the very first AEW's trios championships a title that they just freaking created essentially for them. And they jeopardize that by going to confront Punk after he um, he goes in. And, and I'll read another quote. Um, he's talking, again, talking about Cole Cabana. Uh, now I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs, yet they couldn't manage a fucking target. And they spread lies and bullshit and put it into the media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with it. Like, it's like CM Punk behind the scenes is obviously not getting along with the people who he should be getting along with in AEW. Like, again, rumors beyond this that he's a, he was a not a locker room cancer, but he didn't really mesh with the boys. And um, he made a comment about Eddie Kingston on TV one time that he was like the third best Kingston that he ever been in the ring with, uh, one being Kofi. I don't remember the other one. But then I think Kofi came out and said, we ain't boys. Like, I don't know what he's bringing me up for. So, like – I just, it's it all, like you said, none of it makes sense because they both just got, they all, all four of these guys that were on TV getting pushed all got titles and three days later are not on TV. They're not in the opening credits. They're not in, in, in any sort of promotional uh, uh, flyers. There's an investigation going on to see what actually happened um, to see if, if CM Punk is, is going to be completely released from his AEW contract. Uh, same thing with Ace Steel. Um, I, I don't know if, again, this company, all elite wrestling stemmed from the fact that you had the elite mini faction of the Bullet Club. So I don't believe that you're going to see anything happen with CM or with, with Kenny Omega 
and the Bucks. But PJ, do you see anything coming of this? Is this the last time we see we see CM Punk in a professional wrestling ring on television, or do you think this is eventually going to just blow over and um, and we might get some I don't know some decent stuff on TV between these four? Uh, I mean, I hope it's the last time we see CM Punk. Honestly, uh, yeah. I. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of his. Like I'm just not. Um, yeah, I I I hope it's kind of the last time. Uh, with, now hold on, I want I want to get something clear. Now you said you know the elite. Why would they jeopardize them winning those belts? So I don't disagree with the elite going to CM Punk and be like, yo, what the fuck was that shit? You know. So while I can agree with you with saying, hey. You know, you guys just won the belts. Maybe you shouldn't act a fucking fool. But then also, if someone's on live TV spreading BS and talking smack, I'm going to say something to them. Yeah, you know? I so think, I, I get that. I think the failure stems from, and I hate to put it on him, I think the ultimate failure comes with uh, the fact that Tony Khan allowed this to transpire uh, in the press conference longer than he should have. Uh, as the owner and CEO, you need to turn the mic away and tell Punk, like, listen, I understand your frustration. I understand your, your feelings and opinions, but this needs to be taken. This needs, this conversation needs to be had at a different time. So, uh, so that being said, PJ, that has been the All Out 2022 review. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the show. I believe his phone may have died, so we have lost – PJ at the end of the show, but what better time? He said he was sort of uh, over talking about it, and uh, and what better way to uh, to exit? Uh, again, thanks for everybody. Sorry it took a little while to get this all out show to you. Uh, coming up later this week, another football episode. I think PJ and I are going to put together just sort of a uh, kind of run our mouth show here here in, in the in the coming weeks. Um, we've obviously got uh, Extreme Rules coming for WWE. A lot of stuff happening in, in the world of pro wrestling uh, to talk about. But because we took so long uh, to get you this all-out show, we plan on doing another uh, just sort of uh, cuff, fly-off-the-cuff uh, wrestling conversation uh, as a bonus episode in the near future. But stay tuned later this week. Another fantasy football, NFL, college football show for you coming this Thursday. Uh, so for PJ, Steven, and Tap House and Touchdowns, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Thanks for being here with us again today, and I'll be around.